Hey everybody, welcome to episode 91 of the Bonehead Podcast, where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back. I'm Ben, and once again, I'm joined by Blood Tithe Ben. Hey, BT, how are you doing today? Hello. Yeah, doing very well, thanks. Very, very good. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, everybody, indeed. And to celebrate Easter and all things uh, chocolatey and Blood Bowly, we've also dragged our 3D printing correspondent, Ian Triple Pal Triplo, on today. Ian, how are you doing, Trips? Evening, both. Uh, very good. Looking forward to the uh, Easter that is Norse. Yeah, I know. The timing's timing is pretty tasty uh so i tell you what we got some stuff to talk about today bt can you remember what we're talking about Did yeah I... we're going to be talking about norse and their star players they've just uh sort of given us details of um we'll also mention the south coast series tournament of tournaments and the usual news and hobby absolutely we've got norse star player reveals we've got other bits of norse news that's come out so we're just going to have a bit of a conflab on essentially the eve of the norse pre-order and then there's a tournament in July, mm-hmm. and Ben and Ian are running it because I am on my proper honeymoon in Italy. So uh, we're going to talk through the rule set and talk about what a laugh it's going to be. Anyway, onwards to news. Okay, now, as Ben said, there's a ton of Norse goodness to talk through. So we are going to skip that and come back to it in a minute. But there was another bit of Blood Bowl news. And um, I had forgot that this guy did not exist yet. So trample the Blood Bowl pitch. Rumbelow Sheepskin has landed. We can see the model. There is a model now. And this is the last star player of the rulebook. What do you guys think to Rumbelow? Oh, he's great. He's really, really, really cool. I, I like this is just such a good star player model like you know he's he has pitch presence he just looks so full of character really awesome job on this i really like him he's um he's bang on the art oh yes windows uh he's absolutely bang on the art i think um trips what do you reckon it's definitely a bit of fun i mean it's nice to see them finally complete the set i think if you needed rumbler you've probably had to work around it and find another model um but uh yeah this rumble is good i just uh, uh wonder what he's doing with a two-pronged fork <laughs> yeah so the model is is rumble sheepskin riding around on the sheep um which it looks exactly like the art so even down to his peculiar two-pronged pork uh, two-pronged pork that's fantastic nice yeah <laughs> beer bore beer bore on the mind clearly uh yeah but he's um eating utensil uh mm-hmm. should we talk about the should we talk about the the rumbelow um not crisis not conspiracy but what uh, issue what's that well look at the sculpt and like the painting job is is fantastic and I love this because so many people put this in the in the video where we talked about Rumbelow. Uh, it was just the uh, the the brains. It, it, oh, it, it mm. just... <laughs> someone needs a different wipe. Uh, 
Yeah. So the way, I mean, I have personally only sculpted wool four or five thousand times. Um, so, you know, no, I have never sculpted wool. I can't even imagine. But this, my initial reaction when I saw the model was like, wow, they've got exactly like the artwork. But I don't remember the sheep being made of thick udon noodles. Oh, uh, yeah. Since you since you pointed out there are ramen noodles, that's like, yeah. I can't unsee that. It's the perfect color. Like, that's delicious. It is. It looks amazing. They look perfectly cooked. Uh, loads of soy yeah. sauce on there. Like, it just it looks really good. And then, um, oh, it was, it was Rich Saxby, wasn't it? Who pointed out the other thing that it kind of looks like mm. which yeah the brain matter yeah. yeah it looks like a brain on legs which which is a dnd monster isn't it there's like a little weird brain creature oh yeah there is yeah um oh god i can't remember the name but yeah there is it kind of looks like that but with a, a nice polite looking sheep's head uh yeah. with a helmet that i think is questionable although Again, some great things in, in the in the chat on video, which was, uh, you know, maybe he was born and they put the helmet on him as he was born and the and the horns grew through the helmet. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. How does that go? Because I'm looking at the helmet and I'm like, how, like, physically, how do you do this? Like, this, I, th <laughs> I think there's a bunch of, like, corn models from Age of Sigmar and stuff where they've just got questionable helmets. And you're like, how is this guy putting this helmet on? Like, yeah. <laughs> anyway. It is a very, very, very cool model. But trips, like you said, I, I, there's a lot of a lot of third party alternatives out there. Grebo uh, have done one. Um, oh, Flipping Punga have 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 done theirs, um, mm -hmm. and that will be coming up on uh, Print to Pitch this Tuesday. The Punga Star Players, um, and now Forge World have released theirs. Now I think it's a great model. I don't, I don't think it's so great that people who've already got an alternate alternative are going to go out and, and buy it. Though. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like Trip said earlier, like there's, there's, there's a lot of options out there now because this is a star player that you see quite often. Um, right. And yeah, I, I would say I, as I do really like this model, it's full of character, but if it wasn't for that, like wool, oh, sorry. If it, yeah, it's the wool that kind of turns me off a little bit, I have to say. But if you are going to get into a halfling team, you are going to need staff players, and this is a good one. So, yeah, mm. pick it up with a box and uh, yeah, make yeah. the sheep look like a sheep. And Rumble is excellent. Like 170k block tackle strength four on the blitz. Like he's a really solid like safety um, or sweeper in the backfield, and and that's that's absolutely huge. And it's a bargain price for 170k for all the other teams. But I I think we. I think we see less of him because it is difficult to find an appropriate third-party miniature. Like there are some good ones out there now from Grebo, but for a while it was all about getting the, was it the the warlords of Erewhon, half oh, yeah. goat rider archers, and then putting bits of bloodbot, which was awesome for a while, but it just didn't feel quite right. And Grebo mm -hmm. just Greboed all over the place because they're, they're they're so good at doing their stars and have a little baguette lance, which was just awesome. Uh, and yeah, now we've got the actual model from from Forgeworld, which is cool. And I was not expecting to see this. In, in fact, like we saw the Norse gear come out this week, um, and I was very bold on my video on Sunday, and I was like, right, tomorrow we're going to see the star player, the last star player spotlight from Games Workshop. We'll find out more about the Yeti with the jazzy uh, everything, uh, and um, 
it was Barry in the comments who was like, Ben, you're, you're completely wrong. We'll have to disagree with you. You're not going to see the star player this week. You're going to see this instead. Maybe they'll finish the week with the star player. Barry has been bang on. Uh, and then they dropped a star player and I was like, oh, good. Like, we're going to see the Yeti. And um, it was Rumbelow, which is weird. Like, super weird. Mm. Do you think they forgot about it? And we're like, oh, we haven't done that yet. Yeah, like, oh, Carl from the warehouse <laughs> has just, like, forgotten it. I was like, God damn it, Carl. Uh, just just get it released already. It does feel like some of the old star players, it was like Forge Worlds were desperately trying to catch up, and now they're trying to do it miniature in time with the team release going forward. But, yeah, Rumbelow and the tree, heaven, heaven forbid, if you put both of them on the pitch at the same time, people will... Uh, wonder which which decade you're in let alone which year <laughs> yeah I, I don't know that was a that was a weird one i i have a i do have a theory about that i think some of the original star players i wonder if they lost the molds or I, I don't i'm sure you guys have seen this in in your various jobs is somebody's halfway through a model or halfway through a, a piece of work and then they leave and then it's like ah oh, we've already allocated the time to that person to build that and everybody else has moved on to you know next year's releases now we have to get someone to go back and either finish it off or do it from scratch i i, I do wonder if that like literally just talking about it from like a corporate logistics point of view or they're just maybe yeah ad hoc mad lads which i'm also fine with because yeah i don't know their schedule they seem to just sort of pump things out whenever like it there's it's really hard to find any kind of pattern, isn't it? Um, I want a roadmap. Give us yeah. a roadmap for Blood Bowl. That's all. That's all I want. Never oh, going to get nice. one with and squigs. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So yeah, Rumbelo is going to be here at some point, but there is some cool stuff going on in the third-party realm as well. So Vortice Miniatures, who are probably most famous for the massive stadium Kickstarter. And that very cool but slightly cartoony Kemri team from a couple of years ago. Um, and they've got their new Kickstarter out and about now, which is the Drakenblood Nighters, which is a multiple different vampire style vampire team. Uh, this has got 10 days to go, so this is going to be wrapping up on Monday, 25th of April. It's more than double its goal now, uh, and it's doing a cracking job. Uh, so price-wise... Well, look at the price first. Uh, £55 for the basic team, which is six thralls and six vampires. And there is an advanced team for £79 with 12 vampires and eight thralls. Now, the reason you can have so many vampires is because they have done different bloodlines. So there's a lot of cool different models, but there's the Strigoi bloodline, which are all kind of like half vampire bat dudes, which is very much in keeping with the Warhammer Fantasy Battle. Um, I did have a little chat with the, the the Vortice guy and he was like, I loved like vampire counts in Warhammer and I wanted mm. to bring back that aesthetic. Uh, nailed it with the Strigoi. There are the Von Karsteins, which are the classic kind of like Dracula kind of vampire. Yeah, thing. like the, the yeah. Sort of regal ones, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, the Necraka, which were the... Oh gosh, what were they in Warhammer? Necrohara, Necro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which were the kind of wizardy ones. Now they've done a really cool thing. They've made them wizardy, but they've made them kind of. Um... Uh, do you guys ever seen Blade Trinity? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they've got that vibe. They've got a split jaw bit. They've got hoods. They look a bit shifty, uh, which I, I think is really really cool. And then what I, th I think is just 
the best vampire design out there. I love von Karsteins, but the Blood Dragons are just chunky knights that we saw in the pre-review in the, in the preview stuff. I think we talked about the preview on the podcast, but these are fully laden vampires, full armor, big bat wings on the helmets. They look like Blood Knights from um from Warhammer, not Age of Sigmar. Mm-hmm but also Age of Sigma, And then there's also the Lamian bloodline, which is like the female Cleopatra kind of vibe, although they've kind of dropped the Cleopatra vibe and have just gone with basically female Spider-Man-looking vampires. Yeah, very spidery. Yeah. Lots of web motifs on them, yeah. yeah. Which is cool. And they've got a bunch of uh, sort of perks. I don't know how much they've got in the way of stretch goals, but being their double... Uh, they the target, have got quite a lot. All along the French girls, they've got, you know, about, what, 20? Okay, we have a Vampire Trophy, Acorn the Squirrel, which does look amazing. Uh, reroll token, Hellwolf Chainsaw, which is pretty cool. Uh, the Necroturgist is interesting. Skull Half Geast is, looks like a, a dwarf ape. Interesting design. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, they've got Gretchen. Uh, oh, why, oh yeah. have, why have they got Gretchen before Bruce? No one's ever going to take Gretchen. No one's ever going to take Gretchen. Um, anyway, the models look really lovely, really well sculpted, and will come in high quality resin. What do you guys think to the Kickstarter? I like trips. You first. So I think the models are amazing. Uh, I think, and I think if you want a vampire team, this is an amazing vampire team and there is so much in it particularly if you sort of back the whole lot um it's it's not the cheapest of kickstarters um but there is a hell of a lot of quality in it you 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 are you flagged out there is another there is another purchasing mode which is legend for 154 pounds with 30 vampires and 10 thralls so every vampire you can get um I've backed this. I think I backed it on the advanced one because uh, I think you're going to need at least eight thralls. Um, that's definitely something to watch out for if you're running vampires. There's there's a lot of builds where uh, you end up with eight, nine thralls um, to kind of max out on your rerolls. I, I think that's the wrong way to go now. I think vampires are better than they used to be. They're different but less self-destructive than they used to be. So you can run more vampires without suffering too much of the issues in the olden days the vampires if they failed bloodlust and there was no one to bite they'd run off into the crowd so you needed to have those thralls these days they just do nothing so uh, you know if they're in base contact with a thrall they'll give him a punch which is fine if they're not in base contact with a thrall then they just do nothing and they're not going to run off so you can afford to have more vampires on your roster my my vulnerability with this one guys is we've just seen what they've done to the norse team with changing up (laughs) By taking away two positionals and adding two more in, is this a good time to get into Team of Legend, Ben? Well, I think these are, I'd say in general, like, yeah, it's a little bit risky. Um, but I think these are kind of suitably varied in their design that you could probably get away with a lot of different positions. Like, if they were to add anything into Vampires, unless it was really out there, you know, like bats, I think you could probably do with some of these like some of the thralls look like throwers you know the vampires themselves look pretty different to each other you suggesting that they're going to get a little position called blood bats 
Um, yeah, just yeah. a swarm of bats. Yeah, yeah they, I mean, you had a beer pig. If someone suggested that to you <laughs> two years ago, you would have laughed at that. Yeah, <laughs> leads to have a barrel. What do you reckon trips to the teams? Uh, uh, that's not not a bad call there by Ben. I think any te- team of legend, you're going to take a risk that you'll end up with a slightly well, slightly difficult to to put on the pitch team because you get it tweaked in detail. But I think if you if you want this team, you're probably going to want to get it out and play with it, and you've you've probably got a fair old few months before they get around to Empire. So think you're safe to get them on the pitch and uh, make them look cool well i hope now that we get vampires previewed in the next month or so just so we can use that audio clip (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna be safe anyway uh they've got 10 days left on that they've smashed their goals and they do a very good kickstarter as do wire games or wire games i i i I cannot get the name right what used to be wa games is now waia games uh and they've got their Amazon team. Now, I'm, we've got this Amazon team. We've seen this Amazon team. And I'm going to tell you that the casting quality is phenomenal. Um, mm. they, they, they This morgue cast that they use is just, just legitimately some of the best resin casting I have ever seen. Like, they, they do a superb job. Um, it's a full-on Amazon team, uh, and I think £54 gets you eight linewomen, two throwers, two catchers, and four blitzers. So you can run this as human team. Uh, they've even got a human team version of it as well, with eight linewomen, two throwers, two catchers, four blitzers, and an ogress. Uh, amusingly, they've adjusted their Kickstarter uh, to have a Norse version, eight line women, two Valkyries, two wild boars, two berserkers, two Ulf Warriners, and a Yeti for £63. So they've upgraded what they're doing during kind of the Kickstarter launch to make sure that they can provide uh, the beer pigs, which they've already sculpted and have previewed. They look great. Yeah. They look perfect. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, if they sell those individually, job done. I mean, is it, is it, who's, is it Grebo we've seen make some as well? Yes, I think they did come out with them. Yeah, we've seen a few, um, a few. I think even a few individuals have uh, just modelled some. I think yeah, Caliber did the yeah, did some um, mm-hmm. did the boars. I, I sent them across to Trips because um, you were on the look on the lookout. I think on the lookout for them. Yeah. Anyway, it, it's a great looking project. Acorn is awesome. Squirrel corn. I like that you've got all the different teams. Uh, they've crushed their goal. They're at 13,000. They've got 14 days left to go. So they are Friday, April the 29th. So if you're in the market for a very tribal looking, for Amazon's pretty reasonable looking team. <laughs> some of it some of it is a little bit of a stretch. Most of it is not too bad at all, which is yeah, well within the realms of acceptability when it comes to fantasy miniatures. Um, yeah. I just look at the corn team. Uh, Very true. <laughs> I'm like looking at the corn team and I'm thinking, I don't even know how to look like that. Uh, <laughs> gold jewelry, first move, I guess. I don't think it really suits me. Um, Ready the dark gods, Ben. It'll happen. Oh, yeah. Well, I've had a bit of a, one of those angry corn weeks. Um, <laughs> but in the world of Blood Bowl news, I'm pretty sure that's everything. Um, there's... Just let me double check the roster before I do the... Thank you to the Patreons. I think that is all the core blubble use with exception of just an absolute 
barrage of Norse. But before we move on, I just want to say a massive thank you to everybody who supports us by watching the channel, subscribing, liking, um, all those cliche things, but also those people who support us on Patreon. We've had a bunch of uh, new uh, new recruits this last month. It's been fantastic. Uh, Mario, Maxwell Patel, uh, Michael Thompson, Rasmus Bay, Matt Austin, Deontay Sane, Patrick Glasby, Shane Curl, uh, Franz Lauer, Lars, Ajax the Riot, Monty Lundy, Mark Anderson, Thoughtless Casual Gaming Podcast, uh, Luis Azia, Matzo De Carlos, uh, Gary Bethel, Rick, Rick G, Carl uh, Messenger, Calla, Paul Blunt, Ivo, Lloyd Newton, Richard Wall, and Viking Phil. Viking Phil, I feel like this is going to be a very good month for you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Fantastic, but yeah, massive, massive thank you. Now, let's talk hobby. And we're back. Okay, so it's hobby and painting and gaming time. I think it's appropriate that we start with trips today because you are a little hobby machine. What's been on the table over the last couple of weeks, Trips? Uh, last couple of weeks. So uh, finished the College of Death for Dungeon Bowl. That was, a, a, I think, a four or five day turnaround from them sitting gathering dust on the shelf to... The team looks uh, great. Yeah. Yeah, really good team. That's the MG Picks team. Really enjoyed painting them up. Uh, lots of character, and uh, had a bit of fun with an airbrush as well. So uh, always good to try that. And uh, I spent most of the time getting the airbrush to work. And then after that, it was much easier. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, <laughs> then then had a little break and have been painting hobby coasters because uh, I am uh, I've done a resin pour of coasters today with some uh, blood bowl scatter uh, templates or um, other game te- uh, symbols and details so uh, that is currently drying over to my right and hopefully tomorrow it won't be an absolute disaster I, I think they are awesome and uh, I do hope that you know you get that shared out there trips as soon as uh, as soon as you feel comfortable because I think it's awesome. Absolutely brilliant piece of work. Got to say, uh, using the uh, old uh, Bunsen burner effectively to get rid of the bug balls <laughs> is quite good fun. Is that not what resin did you... Oh, yeah, not thinking that. Sorry? Is it not a creme brulee burner? It is, basically, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it amazing. That is genius. Sorry, Ben, your question was much more poignant than mine. I was going to say, like, what kind of resin was it? Because I've heard some of this stuff can really stink, right? Like polyester resin, is it? Is it... Yeah, so just got um, some uh, craft resin. Uh, got okay. it off Amazon. So, um, yeah, really good reviews. Uh, it's a little bit whiffy, but um, 10 minutes later it's gone. And um, ask yeah, didn't knock me out while uh, using the Bunsen burner. So. Flame-proof <laughs> resin, huh? Yeah, much more flame proof than the towels it was on, which started to <laughs> smolder nicely. Oh, that's brilliant. It's not quite the same as, as cleaning resin next to your curry, but it's up there with the safety rating, I reckon. Hey, it's that's the flavour. Best yeah. curry ever. How about you, BT? You've been getting some games in of some stuff. Yeah, I've actually had quite a few games. Um, I've been playing a lot of 40k lately, which is kind of cool because they've brought out this new system called Tempest of War, which is like old Maelstrom of War for anyone who played 40k, like 7th edition 
Well, actually, that was an 8th edition, but, you know, old Maelstrom of War, you draw cards, you do what it says on the card. And, um, yeah, it's been really fun, and it's really invigorated, like, a love for 40k again. Like, 40k has been quite stale, and I found it quite annoying, and I still, there are still aspects of 40k which are annoying. You know, anyone who likes 40k hates 40k. So, um, yeah, it, it's this, you always got that relationship. But I've had a few games, a couple of games, and it's, I've really enjoyed it. Um, and I've been painting up some orcs for it as well. So, um, yeah, I've been, I've, I recently got uh, the commandos from Kill Team. They're so good. And uh, yeah, God, they're such good models, but they are my God, the mold lines on them are the worst. If anyone has picked up a set, because I was looking online, I thought that our friend Ian was talking about it as, yeah, it's infamous. Um, if you do get a set of them, be prepared for it to take hours scraping those things off because it's probably the worst I've seen on any Games Workshop kit. And oh, I'm surprised wow. they got past quality control because it's pretty oh. bad. Um, that's that's the t- that's the uh, kill team I've yet to assemble. So uh, looking forward. Oh, good to luck with that. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it took so long. They looked so they long. looked really bad. Like I'm. I'm proper cowboy when it comes. I I don't really clean up mold lines unless they look really bad, but mm. these looked. I I wouldn't have been able to leave them. Like yeah, I'm quite, I was... quite worried about the Norse team landing next week and me doing a speed build because I'm like I do not want to build this if it looks like, it just looks like, a glitch in a Lucas Arts video game. That's that's when it gets to that yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. When there's just random plates sticking out of your model, it's a it's a it's a bit mm. jarring. It's hard to yeah, I, I think I've, I've never really had problems with Blood Bowl. Like Blood Bowl's always been really good for it. The older teams, like humans, they they tend to have quite big, big ones on. But um, no, because I've I've mostly been building Blood Bowl and new kits like Necrons lately, and <laughs> that's why I was so surprised to see these guys because it's a really brand new kit. And how how it's... how is the Necron situation? Still going. Still got my Necrons. I've got a big drawer full of them. Um. Thankfully, the guy knows it's going to take some time, but uh, is that the they're box? still looming. Is that the box from Beachhead? Yeah, yeah, Beachhead. He dropped off a big box. Dude, <laughs> that was a full-on box. box. Wasn't it? And it was it was oh, like, oh, he's got some boxes of units in here. And no, 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 no. The guy had stripped all of it out and just, it was it was just, it was like a, a foot square of sprue. Oh, this is what's left. This is about a quarter of it. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. Nearly there. Um, like as a kid, like that would have been the most amazing thing in the world. Just it a still is. box of sprues. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that's so, so, so good. <laughs> that's so yeah, good. No, yeah. um, Hobby wise, I painted some models. Technically, I used the speed paints, so I got hold of a couple of boxes of speed paints to do some some tests and. I've got to be honest with you. So this is the army painter speed paints. There's their answer to um, contrast. They're really good. Like mm. there's 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 an issue with reactivation. A lot of people have said, but I haven't really had, I haven't had any issues with it. I'm gonna try right now on camera. Let's see if we can break a model using water. Um, but they've they've been great. Like the coverage is good. Some of them are a bit iffy, but that's always the case when it comes to like thin paints. But the yellow is phenomenal uh the green is completely unsuitable for orc skin uh and now that, that was the case with the contrast paints wasn't it though the orc flesh is just like yeah not 
um yeah and it, it is the perfect uh, color for green screens however so i was doing like the finish up of the the, the video and i was like yeah i painted this orc and it is just the armor because his face his hands are just completely invisible it's it's perfect key oh. code um, okay. yeah i know i thought that was quite clever but no that was good and it got me painting and i got a chance to paint i printed off a a a mummy from mj mg picks because they are just some of the best models. And after seeing yours, Trips, I was like, I know the one I need for, for the bone paint. Yeah, exactly. That chunky mummy boy. I was like, this is yeah. perfect. And I tell you what, that paint has been brilliant. And I, within the space of, I don't know, an hour or whatever it took to, to film the video, I, I created an even more lazy boy process. So you know how contrast and, and speed paints are? Not lazy, but they cut corners, right? So it's one coat and it does all the stuff. I cut out the brush uh, and I was just using the dropper to drop it onto the top of the model and then just use the brush to kind of push it down because I had like I had enough on the plate and then I ran out because you don't know how much you're going to need because some of it's thicker than others. So I ran out and I was like, oh, I'm just going to use the dropper and put it on the model and just flesh it through. Tell you what, speed paint made even speeder speedier right yeah that's painful that's, that's <laughs> cut painful out the shading just... cut out the highlighting cut out the brush speed paints <laughs> why don't you just get the old tins of dip wash and just dunk your models <laughs> you know i never used that but it always looked so promising <laughs> uh, you, well, you, can, you can do it just gotta be in key get a pot of house paint and dip your models in that's even faster <sighs> there are times where that's needed but <laughs> But no, in two instances. I've heard good things about the speed paints, though. I think I my brothers just started painting miniatures, uh, printing miniatures, now painting miniatures, um, and we got him a set. And uh, yeah, he's managed to do a couple of orcs, which look pretty good. And that speed paint on its own, and giving him a few sort of level ups straight away. So yeah, that's really good. good. Uh, they they were good. I got a couple of orcs painted. I uh, got to my beloved Torchlight Orcs, <clears throat> which are just outrageously fun models. Uh, so, yeah, got a bit of paint on that. Otherwise, um, my last few weeks has just been absolute work, 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 work fest. I was in Bracknell today and um, I murdered my computer. Uh, I built a spreadsheet. And I did, well, I put together some other spreadsheets. And when I pressed Shift F9, my computer went Shift Turn Off. Uh, and uh, I was like, well, that's new. Um, basically, the, I think the fan had been going for a while, so it was starting to overheat. So I started tracking the CPU usage. I was like, right, how many columns can I get away with? No, that one turned it off. And I was, I was working late last night. And uh, it got to about nine o'clock and I could only shift F9 with four new columns on this sheet. And I was like, this is not working. Uh, but the new fan came today and we're recording and it's not turned off just yet. So that's OK. But more Fingers importantly, uh, Tiff and I rage bought a laptop because <laughs> I was like, well, PC's PC's dead. The work laptop won't run the spreadsheets. So, you know, I need this for work. And she was like, let's just order it. Like, let's just order it now. Like, I know you're going to get it at the end of the month, but let's just order it now. So Alienware laptop will be arriving nice. tomorrow. Uh, and if the PC is running all right, this means that I should have no issues streaming Blood Bowl 3 when it comes out, which is all part of, like, the long-term plan. So that would be cool. Um, and also Warhammer Total War 3, in theory. That's the dream. It should be fun. Yeah, that would be good. 
it, That'd yeah, be really good. it should be good fine. It's it's a grand and a half of tank laptop. I'm, oh, I'm super happy. Uh, I haven't had an Alienware for like, how old am I? <laughs> 15 years. Wow. 15, I know. And that one did a great job for like six, seven years before I dropped it. So uh, I got the accidental cover. Thank you, johnlewis.com. Um, and therefore I also got discount, which was good. So yes, that's good. So the new laptop will come, which should hopefully um mean we can do more stuff and it's going to massively help hopefully the way we record because when we went round to yours ben to do the dungeon bowl stuff oh god yeah bringing an entire pc was uh not optimal it's like it was like a land pie back in the day that it was, was it smelled yeah. it smelled much better um <laughs> <laughs> less 14 year olds yeah <laughs> at the beginning of the day yeah no mm. it's good no very very exciting and i've got two massive boxes of gear um in the hallway for dungeon bowl the maps turned up today which is very exciting. exciting yep all of the bits of loot should be turning up soon including the bonehead championship uh winners bits as well which is quite cool so that's going to be another chunky box of goodness uh i think we're mostly set for that tournament which means we can kind of start looking forward to the next tournament and i've already started thinking about the tournament after that so we have got a good year coming up but uh we'll be talking a little bit more about that later on now before we bounce into all things norse guys anything else you want to cover in hobby games buying brewing i'm assuming you're all going to be pre-ordering norse in one way or another uh probably let's be honest i've got punk north team coming but what can another one what harm can another one do you know <laughs> yeah oh actually that's that is a fair point on the kickstarter front is you can buy a kickstarter for third party and before you've even received it games workshop could have reinvented yeah. and re-released the team that's very true and this one doesn't have to leave russia so i mean oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah, that well, might okay. be the classic printing the additional uh, miniature you need to fill it out. Yeah, hey, we can do that. That that's something. That's yeah, we're blessed in that regard. Anyway, talking of Norse and Norse stars, which are going to be a big element of the pre-orders. Let's move on to all things Norse. You guys. Okay, so we've been, oh, I don't want to say spoiled by Games Workshop, but the, the news feed has been saturated with Games Workshop Blood Bowl articles, and it has been awesome over the last few weeks. We had the, uh, where, Ben, what was the tournament? Was it, what was it, where did they do the previews? Was it Adepticon? Adepticon. Yeah. I know it was only three weeks ago, but still. Uh, so there was the Adepticon release where it was like, boom, Norse are coming. We bet you didn't know this, despite seeing the Yeti. Uh, and then... We had a couple of star players, and then they had some of the Norse team's rules released. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a look through that article and have a chat about what the Norse team, well, kind of flesh out some of the details. On the last podcast, we talked through what we could see from the team box, and now we've actually got rules for most of these players. So the new Norse team box is going to have 14 players. It's going to have six linemen, two berserkers, two Ulfbrunners, two Valkyries, a new player type, and two Beerbores, a very new player type in quotation marks, because I am dubious about the eligibility of an animal with something strapped to it being considered a player, but... 
I am not a referee. So, you know, if you're going to bribe a referee with beer, then definitely go through it. Um, I'm not sure you'd want to say that to a minor at all. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's talk about this first. Let's, we're already derailed before we get into it. Um, it's I don't understand. Where's the line? Like, where's the line? Like, I can imagine a There's minor. No tour, line. I can imagine a minotaur or a troll negotiating a contract very poorly, right? But I can see them being like, mm-hmm. "Yes, I want I want to be paid for this, or I want to be the best minotaur player out there, or the trolls just you know trolling around." I can see that. I, this this is just a boar, though. Like it's an, just a pig. Yeah, they just with a barrel strapped to it, and they're like, "No, no, 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 no!" He's got a number, like he's got a name. Therefore, he's a player. It's kind of like, ah, uh, fine, but mm-hmm. and there is a, there is a bit of a trend here. Games Workshop are exploring design space, which is awesome. And they're just, they're 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 exploring a little bit of untraveled territory in fluff space as well. Like, why has no other team? found discovered that barrels are legal in blood bowl is what somebody put in one of the videos they were like i just don't understand why barrels are legal in blood bowl all of a sudden but everything else is not i'm like mm-hmm. yeah i don't know whether why the line is drawn there anyway talking about barrels norse are all about the beer now so the linemen have a new rule uh and it's called drunkard so this player suffers a minus one penalty to the dice roll when attempting to rush so it's just the linemen, and I think it is balanced out somewhat by the fact that they also are now gaining thick skull. What do we think to the drunkard skill? We'll, we'll come to the whether or not thick skull balances out or not in a second. But I mean, guys, I play every team like Skaven, as the internet knows. So rushing around is is kind of a thing I do a lot. In fact, when I played one of the first games of 2020, I played I played dwarves against goblins with versus ian and my dwarves were absolutely hooning it around the pitch like it was the aerial movement eight it was fantastic uh definitely not how to play dwarves but so this is going to impact me as a coach but will it impact you ben i i think it really does i think it really shapes up the team's like archetype like it's a subtle change but knowing that now rushing is really risky i I think it will really change up how you play. Like movement, assuming they're going to be movement six, like movement six when you can rush is still pretty quick. Like I mean, it's the fastest player on a dwarf team, and they can still sometimes pull out their yeah, or you know, team. stretch yeah. rushes. Yeah, exactly. So like it's still, it, it, it you still move, but when they can, instead of having to like think they're going to go eight all of a sudden. I think it just takes off a whole different... It makes it into a whole different playstyle. And like you say, with Thick Skull, it encourages you to sort of be a bit more stuck in. You know, a bit less risky having your players in, because I'm assuming they're probably going to be Armour 8 Plus as well. Yeah. Um, Sticking with Armour 8 Plus and Thick Skull is... Yeah. Like, if if we ignored the Drunkard bit, I mean, Trips, if we ignored Drunkard here and we were like, ooh, Norse have landed and they've gained Thick Skull, what would your initial reaction be? Oh, he could be the best lineman in the game, straight off. Uh, and Milton would be just sitting there going, I've, all my linemen come with block. I'm like, Could I be any happier? I, I think it really did give some that thematic style because you, you just know, well, you, you're not going to be using your lineman as that last man of defence and rushing him around to try and do it because he's going to fall over on that invital rush and it's going to go horribly wrong. 
and with armor eight plus he's then going to go splat and you're going to really uh wish that so they've got block block they can't rush they're going to be line of scrimmage they're going to be in there they're going to be gumming up the runways yeah i, I like it they they are like they're it just it's so funny isn't it the difference between the two plus role and the three plus role is the difference between oh i wouldn't do that and it's automatic um you know and this is i think one of those examples where norse linemen are probably the only linemen in the game that are legitimately moving as fast as their number and and very 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 rarely anything other than that like these guys are movement six uh yeah and I think that's the beauty of this, like as opposed to something like corn linemen, which have, you know, frenzy. At least you get a choice with this. You can just ignore the skill and have movement six, block six, go linemen, and that's fantastic. Yeah. Like it's not really a negative trait when it can just be ignored. Um like corn, it's like you might rush with the lineman every other turn, maybe. But most of the time for a bash team like that, you're just gonna be running in and frenzy's gonna just take you out and you don't have a choice in that. <laughs> so I think that's bang on for, a neg- for a, like a negative skill this one i think is totally fine yeah, totally no, optional. And as, as you said it's it's gonna hurt the skaven player archetype coach who goes well movement is movement plus two <laughs> those, <laughs> they, yeah th- those of us who use rush as an exception when it needs to be used rather than as a i'm uh give me a team and i'll score in two turns i don't care what team it is um i'm interested to see their price um because like if you if you picture them as like low armored dwarves with that whenever they rush they're guaranteed to pass then i don't know that could be pretty good this is uh, when i saw the thick skull i was like they're gonna have to be 60k with the drunken thing i think 55k would probably be fair I, I but a I think, block? dude, I think they're going to stay at fifty. Fifty k for a block lineman. Now, I, I guess this is a nice point to kind of talk about this. The leak. Now, there was a leak that landed early on in the Norse thing, but it was looked properly unofficial, and some of it seemed quite different. It has turned out to be exactly accurate the entire way through. Ooh, so, I haven't seen this. Uh, so that would um, I popped it in the in our in our WhatsApp. Um, and this is, they're at 50k, and I'm I'm inclined at this point to believe that they're going to be 50k. I definitely think that a cost increase would have been okay, um, but I think it is likely to be 50k for these linemen and sticking at that, which 50. is, yeah, they're a bargain before. They were 50 before in teams of legend day, and they had block there. So, and I I think I think on the whole, thick skull plus drunkard is a net positive uh because like you said ben like you don't have to rush like that's just Mm. yeah like it's going to limit you every now and again but your norse dudes are going to get punched all of the time thick skull they are only a a plus and yeah you're going to have a run of rolls and lose a whole bunch of them and trips you know this from black hawking uh goblins with thick skull they're not goblins, oh. man. They're, they're, they're staying forever and a day with goblins with thick skull. Exactly. They can't pick up the ball, but they're, they're staying all day. Um, too soon. Ben, mm. what were you saying? Are you just looking I was going to say, the... but I like the Norse ones, like 55k. No, oh, sorry, not, not the corn, the corn ones. No, they're 50. Are they 50 as well? 
Yeah, but that just seems so because they're armor eight plus, right? With yeah. Frenzy. Yeah, they're armor eight plus. Frenzy. I like block thick skull is way better than Frenzy. Uh, block and... thick skull is miles better <laughs> than Frenzy. <laughs> like that seems like. Oh wow. Okay. Fine. Uh, Bloodborne. Oh, you got the corn player over here. Now they do get mutation access, which gives them a slight benefit, I guess, on the Bloodborne Marauders. But that's mm, oh, wow. you take block on them anyway. I found two pound. Why is there there? Why why is there coin in my room? What do we do with coins now? How strange. Use them as uh, reroll markers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably cheaper than buying some fancy reroll markers. Uh, yeah. I don't know, I'll just use money instead of this Games Workshop thing. Um, yeah. Yes, all right. A reasonably salty response, but actually, I don't think it's unfair. And that's why my initial reaction was, "Oh, are they going to be sixty k? Like this is going to be this is going to be interesting." So the spoiler it has been absolutely one for one. Like it's been perfect so far. But I'm I'm hedging my bets on on a a little bit of a balancing element when it comes to the uh, the lineman cost factor. Now, one thing uh, some people did point out in the chat was the drunkard bit limits now or makes those norse lineman heavy teams less likely to be uh run like to run a bunch of linemen with star players um mm -hmm. which i think is definitely yeah. a factor so moving on from that to the norse berserkers they have stayed the same they've got block they've got jump up and they've got frenzy uh we don't know the cost but we believe that's to be staying the same ben have you still got that um thing up on your screen the spoiler which thing uh, I can find it. Or, no, I was trying to find it. I've or, got it. Or trips have you? Yeah. How yeah. much are Berserkers sitting at on the spoiler? Ninety k. Sorry, the leak. Yeah, which I think is the same, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, Berserkers going to be the same. I mean, they're good players. They are overshadowed by the Ulfwarners, I think. Um, when it comes to the Norse team, I, I would historically I have chosen Yeti Ulf catcher before the berserkers um because i think so i've gone the other way you've gone berserkers instead of ulfs yeah because i think jump up and frenzy i mean it's, i'm a dark elf player so <laughs> jump up and frenzy as a combination that's which elf category but yeah. i love starting with jump up it's so yeah. good it gives it's you so, so much flexibility Oh, I don't know. I love the old foreigners, and they haven't changed either. Uh, strength four and frenzy. No combat skills, but two dice is a skill of its own. And at movement six, they are gr having two of those in your backfield. It's just it's going to stop everybody. Like they are slow Wilhelm Cheneys, and you get two of them, and that is mm. definitely okay. There's there's a hefty element of hyperbole there, uh, but movement six, strength four, frenzy is a wonderful starting point. Yeah. Like bull centaurs are great players. These are bull centaurs with a little bit less movement, but a little bit less frenzy. So a little bit more fr frenzy. A nice, a little bit less. A little yeah. bit less uh, <laughs> with a little bit more. Um, yeah. Frenzy on a strength four player is is not nearly as risky as frenzy on a strength no, three player. No, um, I I love offs. I think they're superb. I'm glad they've remained unchanged because it's such a fun element. Norse are such a strange team, like from a design aspect, because they've just got so much cool stuff. They've got you know definitely one of the best linemen out there now. Definitely, definitely one of the best with thick skull added to them. Uh, they've got. 
blitzers with frenzy and block they've got a yeti which is just a great big guy and they've got all foreigners who are just absolutely fantastic but i don't know big blitzers i guess <clears throat> and now we've got one of the new positionals so the valkyrie uh i mean we we speculated on this didn't we ben and said well maybe it's just gonna mm. maybe it's just gonna combine like the two pieces um they've got a ton of skills yeah these are all these of are the insane um Dauntless, strip ball, bl uh, catch, and pass, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what they've confirmed. I'm assuming with that, they're not getting block. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. Yeah, these dynamic players are fast and talented, starting with both the pass and catch skills. Uh, they're also useful on defense with Dauntless and strip ball. So, uh, Trips, the... the 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 leak the the rumor mill leak what is this guy yeah, has, has this got the movement seven strength three yes movement seven strength three edge three plus and passing three plus passing three plus with pass and no sure hands fits the kind of uh tier two passer archetype um you know norse Am <laughs> this is norse ben uh you know old norse amazons uh nobility they sit in that you know b-grade thrower territory um and this is just so many skills it's a lot it, like these are does it have their price in there yeah in, uh, in, in the leak it's got them at 95 that's so cheap for this are they strength two no uh, strength three, three. what strength three with movement seven but but they don't it's have definitely... but they don't have good skills they are good skills. They oh, are really good. I, I think there's a skills. debate here. I think, uh, I think, and the fact you can have two of these, they they are one skill each away from being the player that every opponent hates. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think they're two skills away, and I think no, no, no. Okay, right. I won't get into too too many spoiler territories, but Ben, there has been many occasions where, well, no, I don't say many, I'd say at least two, where I've passed catched you, like, <laughs> just wins the game. And these have both of it, so you don't even need to do one or the other. Like, whichever one is there, they have it. They've got Dawnless Strip Ball, they just, they, they, you can build them however you like. But 95k for Movement 7, that's Strength 3, that's so good. Yeah, they've got all the rerolls you need to ping the ball around, and yeah, you don't yeah. have sure hands, but you can reroll a straw hands pick up, and that's Never two movement seven pieces, or in in Ben's world, two movement nine pieces. Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, these are not drunken. Yeah. Now, I, I get this, and this is why the catchers were so good on the Norse team is because movement seven with the ability to pick up dodge on their first skill up made them really, really great players. But that's because they started with block already. Um, so these are these are really interesting one because pass and catch is going to be clutch when it's needed, but that's going to happen once per game, maybe twice per game. Nah, four times. <laughs> yeah, well, this is now I play every team like Skaven. You play every team like Elves, and every time yeah. I watch you with Skaven, you're like, hmm, it's a four plus dodge. It'll be fine. Rolls a five, and I'm just sitting there sweating dice. Uh, <laughs> you're like, oh, it's a three plus dodge. That'd be fine. I'm like, no, no. Um, so, yeah, they they are they are going they're going to they're going to be great when they are great, I think. But I think there's going to be a lot of time where you're like, oh, I wish this dude had block. 
but I guess every game though. Ev- you could say that about any player. player. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's the best skill in Blood Bowl? Block. Yeah. That's yeah. why we don't give it to everything because it's boring. From a design point of view, I, I like this. Now, Dawnless and Stripboard, what they've done is they've taken a load of like half skills and put them together. Now, Ben, mm. we definitely talked about this last last time. So we were like, well, if they've got block they can't have sure hands because that's just all of the good stuff like what we might see is like block and a couple of heart block and a half skill block and a couple of half skills um you know by half skills i mean things like running pass or bend or you know stand firm that's kind of like you know the second or third skill you'd take a player them starting with pass and catch does mean that they've got the goods to become really great players really quickly you Mm -hmm. are correct on that one like actually if they've got access to I think the rumor is AGP trips. AGP, yeah. Yeah. So you're, as all as primaries. Yeah. You, you're one That's skill really away good. from having a movement seven passing, you know, quick, like two plus quick pass uh, on an edge three team with a player that already has catch. Like you can build a thrower. I, I, you know, you know, you can take blodge within two skills and you've got yourself a dauntless strip ball piece. Um, yeah, I was going to say, it's a shame you can't. Or if you get a double, like, break tackle on these guys, it would be pretty insane if you wanted to make a proper, like, ball sacker. I think, like, like Trip said, is a um, really good point where they are one skill away from making them very, very good at whatever you want them to do. Whatever uh, you I want. Wanna, yeah, I want to have two of these. I want to give them both dump off. I want to frustrate the hell out of my opponent. Oh, and I want to pick yeah. up like <laughs> six completions as uh, as everybody tries desperately to, to go, who's got the ball? Uh, I, I think it's cool. Um, they are going to be, they're a very unique player, even though they've got like a whole mishmash of weird skills. That's going to mean that this is now an archetype of player that's like... Mm-hmm. The Valkyrie is this weird runner that can throw and do everything they want it to do. And every now and again, it's going to dauntless a a Minotaur because they're like these heroic creatures. And I I think that's I think that's pretty cool. You you could design them as like four or five different types of player. And you're going to see that because, yeah, one, two, two skills on on that player and they could do so much difference but it could be as a as a massive passer it could be as your dodging catcher it it could be as a blitz in safety so yeah wrestle wrestle strip ball dauntless is going to be pretty good uh on the defense um and it kind of yeah it's an interesting really really interesting one i am very excited to get them to the pitch and start seeing because i think you guys are right i think there's going to be some games where they are just brilliant but I think there's going to be mm. some games where they are just a little bit lackluster. Um, now, what they could do, however, is be strength t- one beer bores for 20k, which is the other and probably the biggest thing that they've brought into this team. So the beer bores have landed. We've seen them. We're like, are these markers? Are they players? Wade said they were actual legitimate players for 20k on the on the release show jobby what's it and i remember thinking okay what are they going to do and we had so many rumors so many bandies about and what they actually do is at the end of the opposition's team turn roll a d6 for each prone non-stunned teammate within three squares of a standing player with this trait on a five plus the prone player may immediately stand up 
going to, I'm going to let that sink in because it is it is the most wordy of Blood Bowl rules I think we've had so far from a standard player. And I think so. This is going to land as a trait, not a skill. Mm-hmm. So yeah. in the same way that Bombardier and 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 like Ball and Chain and Always Hungry and stuff are traits. Um, so that that fits in. I mean, where do we start with this? I I remember when I saw this, I wasn't too happy about it. I I like it from a thematic standpoint, and I think we even suss something like this might happen, where you know they like kind of buff yeah the team in an like an aura buff. Um, I I just I think this is very messy. I it's a weird place because now you can have your two beer boards just running around providing an aura, and you could be rolling. So many extra dice every turn just to stand your player. It just feels it feels a bit weird. Like it's it's extra dice to roll. It's a lot of extra dice to roll. And anyone who's played goblins with ball, two balls and chains know that, <laughs> that can be quite time consuming. At least all, they all, don't tend to last that long. All the flipping referees. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> and it's it could be easily forgotten. I I just feel like it's a bit weird. That that last point you've made is probably the thing that I first thought, oh, I don't know about this. So, you know, we love the game because it's relatively easy to get into and then the, the depth is just massive. Now, what this does from a rules point of view is we've got the, the minus one to go for it for the linemen. It's just the linemen. And that's the kind of thing that's going to come up maybe three or four times a game and it's going to be forgotten like the flipping weather, right? So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, that's a we're gonna have to watch out for that. It'll be fine as long as people remember. That's that's fine. That's no different than any other rules change. And oppo- and opponents remembering that they're in because I feel like in some tournaments you might get people trying to sneak that past and it's yeah. Well, Norse have been running around on a two plus for thirty years. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. And now we've got this other one. And the, the thing about this rule that I am concerned about is that there's there is a a a, a trigger in Blood Bowl that is only exists for wizards which is at the start or you know which is the that that end of turn like in, in magic the gathering you got uh, points throughout a turn that are phases and those phases can trigger certain events now we we have we don't have end of turn in blood bowl with the exception of wizards and special play cards and it's an unexplored territory and i think it's going to be a bit choppy now the great thing is it's just norse it's just the pigs they have to be on the pitch and it's not going to happen all that often and but i think this was the first example of what i would consider to be rules bloat in blood bowl where the the core games getting extra stuff layered on that is not just on the pitch uh, mm-hmm. and that was my first concern and then i kind of rationalized it to be like well how often are people going to run a ball versus a lineman? How often is that ball just going to get blatted yes. immediately and die? Uh, and, uh, you know, but I guess my T.O. hat, like you said, Ben, is like, mm, there's there's changes here that it's going to be a case of, uh, he, I forgot to use my ball at the end of the turn. I've moved these guys. Can I now use my ball? <laughs> no, you can't. Like, you, you've missed your trigger. Yeah. Like, uh, this is this is now, you've, you've gone to your draw step. I'm afraid you've not untapped your lands. Get out. Uh, and that's that, that's okay. Trips. What, what's your what's your take on the pick me up? Uh, so I, I I think a lot of I agree with a lot of what you both said. I think thematically they're amazing. And if you just yeah. take, look at it from that point of view, yeah. it's it's whoever came up with that was probably in a pub having a 
drink and, and <laughs> it, it's fat sat really nicely i think the bit about the rules is is really important but i think that's true of the entire norse team this is not a simple team this is sort of in goblin category of if you don't know what you're doing with blood bowl this team comes with an awful lot of starting skills and some traits and some bits and pieces that is going to make you really need to know what you're doing so you you've never recommend norse as a starter team now it's all i think you would have in the olden days i think you you might have but i think now it's definitely in that know what you're doing and go down there so it could be a problem in in tournaments um but i think the other thing is how many times are you going to put this player on or this position on the pitch and i i think you'd be very brave or you'll have a very squished team to ever have two on even at 20k it's two players you have not having on the pitch and you also have a tendency to die in swathes because of the armor so yeah you, you don't really want to line up a nine team nine player team and go it's okay when half of them fall over you the are boards will stand them incredibly up incredibly right and this is something that we've seen impact the underworld team recently is with the swarming change you have to have a snotling you know you have to have a snotling to gain a snotling whereas before you didn't you could just chuck a free snotling on when it goes to i have to have a snotling to have another snotling to use the swarming rule you're playing with 12 players on the pitch, but you're really only playing with 10, um, you know, just with a couple of extra tokens that could be considered players. And that's where <laughs> this fits in. And, you know, I, I think you're right. I think it's 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 awesome from a right fluff knocks it out of the park. This whole team does staggered. Brilliant. Pick me up. Brilliant. Love the fluff. Love the story from a game design point of view. Um, it's it's fine. Like, it's absolutely fine. But that balancing element i do think is is i think you're right trips i think every time you deploy a pig it is a genuine decision of i am using this pig who is of no use to me i'm playing in this situation with essentially 10 slightly better players instead of 11 normal players and even though the pig is amazing for a couple of reasons one stunty titchy can get exactly where you want him to get to support to get in the way to do stuff two this dude can foul so norse we've got frenzy we've got block a ton of places you're going to end up with a folk with with your opponents on the ground having a couple of beer boars to just run around and foul mercilessly is actually awesome as well um but but for me one of the things i'm really interested to, to properly sit down and do the maths about is i believe that you tournament builds are all about trying to get your maximum value right so the norse thrower only ever used to get taken because he had access to leader so you could take a 70k leader bloke instead of a 50k lineman with a 60k reroll you were netting 40k and that allowed you then to make sure that you could afford your second off warrener and and have you know better things for your team in a league what you can do is start with 11 players two of them being beer boars which is going to be somewhere between 60 and 70k less than linemen and get that extra reroll to save you cash to make sure that you can afford to bring on the yeti at the start of your league season and then you know what the beer boars are probably going to die in that first game and if they don't you fire them and you get journeyman linemen linemen and you know loner thick skull block is still pretty great when you're just going to yeah. put them there to be punched like it's it that's where i think we're going to see a bit of uh cash management and I, I think that's great game outside of the game element too yeah if you've got 20k spare then why not and it's a, it's an ideal 12th player but 
you're not going to take 11 players to a tournament when one of them is a beer ball. No, but you're quite right. For 20k, you may be able to run 12 or 13 players on your Norse roster. One of them be a beer ball for that extra 20k. And they're, you know, your opponent deploys their fanatic, their death roller, you know, and they just put a dude on the line that you do not want to put anyone next to him. And you put a beer ball there. So for 20k, you kind of escape it. As a Skaven coach, I'd love a 20pay 20k little random animal and i'm a little bit offended that we can't just have a rat with a big bit of warpstone yeah. chuck on his back and now this, we might <laughs> this is it yeah. this is it this is this opens the door a bit um and there's design space there oh hugely so so overall norse did they get better or worse um i don't know i never played norse much i think this is for you trips yeah so i i played them and i think i don't think they've changed a lot in terms of whether they got better or worse i think thematically they are much more norse than they ever were yes um, and and i i think what's changed now is there is the norse team after two or three games is going to be very different to the old Norse team after two or three games because of the starting skills start up <laughs> and where you might go with your players. So yeah, I think I you're think still going to end up with a sure hands lineman, but yeah. 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 But he can't rush. So you're going to be desperately uh, yeah. handing yeah. it off to your dump of Valkyrie. Which um, starts with catch, by the way, <laughs> just in case you forgot then. Yeah. And um, you can pass it to the other one who also has catch. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Right. Three plus plus, three plus plus, three plus plus, three plus plus. Maybe you just start the first couple of drives just farming SPP for your Valks in the yeah. backfield. Um, I, I think you find, I mean, Norse are a swingy team. You, you you play some games where they're awesome and they'll, they'll smash a team off the board and you play other games uh, with them where at half time you're like, why am I only down, I'm down to five players already? I think Thick Skull will make a difference. I think that's... Of all the changes, I think that'll that'll be the one that comes into play most often. Yeah, I always really underestimate that as a skill. Like I always, you know, you play up, you go up against dwarves or something. Yes, I broke your armor. Yes, I knocked him out. Oh no, no, I didn't. I think I underappreciated it until the Black Orc team landed, and I started playing, mm. and I was like, oh my goblins are invincible. This is amazing. Yeah. Like <laughs> I don't know he's sticking around, and it just means that he is as vulnerable as a Skaven lineman. But it's just wicked, like to to go that step up, and this is going to be a massive bit of uh, resilience. And I I think I agree with you, Trips. I think um, the core team as it is has not massively changed. The only thing that we've that's been changed is the lineman got better um and the catcher got i'm going to say a little bit worse to start with um because it's got block dauntless was what the cat the, you know the catcher used to be now it's the valkyrie it's all those other skills instead but still has dauntless so it's they've traded block for pass catch and strip ball which is oh, that's that's, such that's, a worthy trade because they, yeah. they, they, they you play them differently you play them differently play yeah, i'm sorry i'm yeah no no definitely, no one definitely. ever took a norse thrower you only took a norse thrower to yeah. get a leader reroll. you oh didn't yeah the, take the, it the, the throw is the a completely non complete non-consideration and we talked about this before like the best thing they could have done for this team is to get rid of the thrower and they've done it and they've kept the core important piece of that catcher which was the fact that you had a movement seven piece amazon's boring as heck because everybody is six three three eight 
no wait no everyone is now six three three plus eight plus and it's just no one's faster no one's slower no one's different they've done a great job with norse the linemen are tougher they're drunk they're a little bit slower they're less reliable you know the the main core of the team still does the same stuff you still got that you still i mean we've got the yeti the yeti hasn't changed right so the yeti the ulfs the berserkers the linemen have got better and you've got valkyries which are inarguably more dynamic and exciting players than catchers were uh, because catchers were just a lineman with extra movement agility access and a b-grade skill in dauntless and it was like, why is my catcher fighting trolls? Like, why is it? It used to be called a runner, which made slightly more sense. So the team got infinitely cooler. I think overall it got a little bit better. But Ben, do you think this is still going to be a tier one team? I think it really is. I do. I think this is so strong. And like Tripp said, it's going to be hard to pilot. But in the right hands, this is going to just steamroll, I think. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be fantastic. I did want to say, coming as an ability coach, being that Valkyrie compared to the ability thrower, that's sad. Like, because an ability thrower is has pass and then a half skill like running pass. And for what, what was the catcher? 90k? 95k? For the Valkyrie, sorry? Yeah, 95k. No, for 20k more, you get catch, dauntless, strip ball, an extra movement. It's the extra movement and, that does it. And me. agility access. And when they're on the defensive, they're not just alignment. Like, all the games I'm just playing on the defensive, I'm just like, yeah, the threat is just a lineman. It's just an expensive lineman. But now you have a dauntless strip ball piece. So, like, when they're not doing the ball stuff, you just charge them and get it. So I just think it's so good. So, I think... So good. I, I think it's probably fair that, before we move on to the star player bit, that we, yeah. we do talk a little bit about... Games Workshop have been quite gentle with Blood Bowl, uh, with the way they've tweaked it and introduced stuff. There was this massive fear, and some of it is well deserved some of it i think they've earned their i've earned their way back to a little bit of trust here we've seen them introduce teams uh you know black orcs snotlings nobility they've all corn they've all landed and none of them have been tier one ruffle stumpers right it's they've not mm. come in and upset the apple cart that we've just got that's a great team it plays different it's a challenge you know, and I think with Norse, because they've taken an, they've, this is a re, remastering is my phrase at the moment, because I'm doing yeah. a project at work where I, that we can't, we can't call it a rebuild. So I'm like, that's fine. We're going to call it a, we're going to remaster this project. And I think they've remastered Norse. And I, I, but I think what you described is right. I think this is a tier one team with tier two difficulty or tier two complexity. Yeah, I'd say that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, um, I don't think this team is going to come in and, and be any more powerful than it really was before. Uh, and I, I think that's great. Like, it might be a little bit more consistent. The linemen may stick around a little bit, but they're not Adj2 flying around. This is a, yeah. you can still beat this team. They're going to be good, but Norse were always good. And, yeah. you know, maybe every now and again, the beer bore is going to be spectacular and your Yeti and Ulfwerner and, a partridge in a pear tree are all going to stand up at the end of your opponent's turn it's like they're being reanimated which is a skill that should we probably be seeing on the undead team um you know necromancer strength one necromancer on the pitch when he's there your players can stand up at the end of the turn boom that's thematic too how yeah, i might see that dude that'd be wicked but this team i think is going to get 
I think it's going to get a tick up in the power rankings. I think it's going to go up one or two spots because there's going to be a lot more games going in. But the Norse lineman resilience and the fact that actually they've not lost anything except block on two catches, which is certainly fine to recover from when the rest of your linemen get better. And they do have access to the beer ball, which is going to help roster building be a little bit better. Even mm-hmm. if no one uses it, I actually think a sneaky ball, a beer bore is going to be really handy on defense. Like you stack the line, your opponents can knock down a few of your guys. If they knock down three of your guys and they're not KO'd or anything, one of them's going to get back up statistically. And that's one extra block. And I did the maths. Like if one person's prone every turn, over the course of a game, you get five extra stand ups, which is almost and this is again a nice bit of exaggeration and hyperbole that's five extra blitzes per game because (laughs) you know if you stand back up into base contact you can now block without using your blitz which in my mind is a blitz and that's very important as we go on to one of the star players Mm -hmm. um, because it's a block you wouldn't have had before uh and that you know five across a game is a reasonable amount and i think that's every now and again that's going to be that's going to be a difference maker but if I see my opponent stack on two beer boards, I'm going to have a great time because I'm just going to take them out and then we're going to be playing sevens in no time and I'm not going to be playing sevens. And and that's that's cool. But I think one beer board is going to be a little hero every now and again. And they are going to be fouling machines. And I am going to be so, so happy. In league, in tournament, there are going to be people whose only goal for that sesh is to get the beer board to foul somebody off. And that is tier three nonsense that we do not see in Norse. So we've now got beer ball fouling Norsense. And I'm very happy about it. Norsense. Um <laughs> Yeah. I, I, the best pun I pulled off this week was uh, one of the start of the videos where I was like, okay, Games Workshop have released Blood Bowl News yet again. And I was oh, like, that is good. <laughs> that is actually genuinely good. <laughs> And uh, Rick and Craig were like, oh, nice. I'd forgotten all about it. Um, So that is the Norse team. We are not done. There are three star players to talk about. One of them, we don't have a lot to talk about, but two of them, we absolutely do. How are we doing for video timing? Yep, wicked. Right. Are you guys happy to move on to the star players now, or do you want to take a quick break first? Yeah. Okay. Happy. Let's start with Thorson Stoutmead. Now, we saw this dude two and a half weeks ago. On a fortuitous Monday, I was driving back from Bracknell and everything started going very exciting on my phone. And I was quite confused. I saw the picture and I was like, oh my God, Norse have got a giant. Uh, but they don't. They just have a peculiarly proportioned star player in Thorson Stoutmead. Now, this is the star player that throws barrels at dudes. Donkey Kong. But, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Vonky Kong. What do you guys think of the model to start with? Uh, I'll let Rips go first on this one. Uh, so, so I like the model, but it's got one of my pet peeves of Blood Bowl <laughs> models, which is the uh, one foot uh, uh, contact point, which means he's going to be a nightmare to uh, stand up and uh, keep in place. I mean, it, it looks very thematic, but yeah. Yeah, he's he's stuck on that base with wishes, isn't he? Um, which is a very fair shout. 
It's a heck of a dynamic model. The proportions seem a bit weird for me on this dude. Yeah, very much so. Like, I was with you, and I'm just like, oh, wow, well, yeah, like an ogre or something. It's like, oh, it's a half giant. This is awesome. They've got a Hagrid on the team. Like, that's so thematic. Like, Game of Thrones, you know, the, the, the Viking dudes up north had a giant fellow, I believe, at some point. who mm-hmm. probably had illicit relations with somebody because that's what that show was about um but uh, yeah I, this looks like a 32 mil base dude so it, it looks like a kind of half dwarf as opposed to a, a norseman and yeah forge world scale probably gonna be about right and like it, it, it's other things as well like the, the barrel like because he's throwing it like that makes it seem like it's weightless right and like a barrel like that, like even if he's very strong and he's Norse and you know that's whatever. flipping out of his hands. Yeah, that's just it makes it just has a really weird balance to it. Um other like the straps around his legs seem really big. Um I don't know, yeah. That's why I'm kind of with you. I like how it's sculpted. It looks really similar to something I printed actually. I had a third party Crack and Crumbleberry I printed. Um yeah. when I first got my printer. Very similar to that. Um but yeah, it's just it's just uh, something about it is off. Uh, it's well made, just feels a bit off. I we don't know what strength he is yet, um, so it's going to be four. I I don't know. Uh, I hope he is, just for the sake of the mm. model, and that would keep the price up because his power I think is is pretty powerful. So he's got a special power move uh, as star players have now. Uh, his is called Beer Barrel Bash. Uh, once per drive, at the start of the activation, Thorson may perform a throw keg special action. Uh, when he does, select an opposition uh, plumber climbing the ladders and throw a barrel at him. Um, within three squares of Thorson and roll a d6. So at the start of Thorson's activation, so you're like, right, uh, okay, we'll activate Thorson or Barrel Boy or Donkey Kong. Uh, and uh, he's going to throw a keg. With a range of three squares and on a three plus, the target player is immediately knocked down. So that is knocked down. And when your player is knocked down, that player rolls armor. Okay, so that is a three plus knock down any dude within three squares. There's no interception. There's no deflection. There's no catching the barrel. This is just LOL. Three plus the ball carrier falls over. However, on a one, Thorson is knocked down himself. And this is once per drive. This is not Mm. once per game. This is once per drive. So three to four times a game, this dude is going to be able to essentially lightning bolt at a range of three squares. And this was the point at which the guys in chat were like, how has no other team figured out that kegs are just like the best, most powerful thing in Blood Bowl? Like, (laughs) how are dwarves not doing this all the time? Uh, Now, I I don't know. Maybe I'm over-egging this one a bit, but I, I... I love what Bomber Dribble Snot brought, which was, ha, you can't catch the bomb. So I automatically blow you up. But this dude is literally like, I'm just going to ignore Blood Bowl. Uh, do you want to just, like, tell you what, three plus he falls over. One I fall over. Okay, great. Let's do it. Uh, this is this guy's amazing, right? He is. Like, this is a real key piece. And uh, it makes me wonder, do you reckon he's going to have the pick-me-up trait as well? Because he's carrying around the beer, and if he does, that's a much better oh. use of a player to have that trait on than it is a beer ball. <laughs> so, I think if he does, it'll end up with another 50k on his price. Maybe, yeah. Uh... We don't know the price point. Yeah, you're quite right. I mean, if 
looking at the model, I'd like to think he's going to be strength four, which means he's going to be priced at 210 with this barrel ability. Uh, you know, conservatively 180, I think. And that's that's quite a lot for a Norse team. But this dude's old world classic, right? So he can be playing for dwarves, OWA, Ogres, which I'm incredibly excited about. Uh, you know, and there's a, there's a bunch of teams that could benefit from it. The good thing is those teams, generally speaking, don't have a huge amount of inducement. So this is where like underworld and stuff have capitalized because they've got cheap cheap old linemen and 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 it works out for them um this guy i think is going to be struggle if he's if he's less than 200k it's still going to be a struggle if he's over 200k mm -hmm. then we're not yeah. going to see him very often occasionally at a tournament thing um three squares is a lot of space so if he's in the middle of your backfield it's sideline to sideline well that's not fair it's um wide zone to wide zone so he covers the entire middle of the pitch essentially which is going to be really good on defense and but he can't move so well he can move after he's thrown yeah yeah but he can't move to throw it yeah and it is only once per per drive so there's going to be a couple of games we roll a couple though, that's like yeah you you bog down their ball carriers they can't really move much move them into position and just be like right you're going to lose that ball next time because yeah. i'm going to knock them down exactly yeah you need to stick to the edges of the pitch and you know what's great on the edges of the pitch guys Ulf Werner's. so <laughs> uh it's it's a it's an interesting combo with that one but again this is another element where they've stepped outside of skills this is not a this is a just a straight up power play as opposed to this is uh this guy gets the bombardier trait this guy gets mighty blow once per game this is a this is a rule that he only has and it has a specific timing now you guys know this because we played dungeon ball and some of the wizards we were like this wizard can be used at the end of your turn but only on the second tuesday of a month unless it's the yeah you know, and it's like okay fine um barrel boy when can he barrel he can barrel when once per drive okay fine like that's not too difficult but it is another element of like this is another special rule piece this guy is this guy is not a player he's an inducement that's on the pitch in the same way that the beer bore is unless he's strength four in which case he's going to be decent yeah, yeah i'd agree i think the thing with all-star players is it comes down to the price if they're in that sweet spot you can afford them then you're going to buy him if he's overpriced for the general stat line is going to be a fascinating star player that is never really used i really want a third party uh to do a donkey kong model <laughs> for this for this because i think that's just ubiquitous uh because this is really interesting the skill set the strength that uh, the, the skill set the stat block and the price are going to be really interesting but that power alone is going to be really a, if you're aware of it you're going to play around it and i think mm -hmm. it's going to be what do they what do they call it in magic the gathering i've been listening a lot to limited resources while i've been driving around uh threat of activation so you're going to be playing around the fact that he can do it not so just uh, it only takes one of those turns where you double skull or double one and then you fail and you're going to fail hard because now this guy's in position to to just do his thing yeah lob or win more in that situation but yeah this is i think this guy would combo lovely on a goblin team 
Um, but if if he's got block, strength three block do. If he's strength three, I could see him being a hundred and seventy. Okay. If he's strength four, then two hundred. If he is a strength five dude, then this is going to be—he's not never going to be played. No. Um, but a strength three block piece will be really useful on teams like, uh, you know, those other teams that don't have a lot of that access or maybe just need an extra dude. So, you know, taking him on an AWA team gives you a better dwarf lineman that can throw stuff as a star. Like that's pretty cool. And this guy can be marked when he's throwing barrels. So, so. You can chuck him on the front line. Yeah, and... there's no caveat. Yeah, so going to be interesting. What's what's the the verdict then on Thorson? Um, I think he's cool. I think the model is a bit weird. Um, I think the ability is very strong. I think I do think he's going to have pick me up still. I mean, the line does say he's so enthusiastic for a mid match pick me up that he carries an entire barrel around with him yeah. on the go refueling purposes. I, I'd quite like that's the purpose uh, of it. I'd like him to have drunk um, as well. Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, again, probably useless because yeah. you just don't really want to. Completely. But... Yeah. Um, but no, I think I think he'll be really solid. I think there are, there could be ways you could run him with Norse. You know, like you said, Norse journeymen are fine. So if you're dying a lot, that could happen. Um, that you have loads of TV left. Um, but... Yeah, that's that's fair. That's yeah. Fair. Grips, final yeah, thoughts on Thorson? I think uh, thematic star. I don't think we're going to see him on the board very much. Uh, I think that's, I think that's probably the best thing to hope for right now is that he is a good option, but you have to give up other stuff to get away with it, and that's I, I, I think is a nice place for them to be in. Right next up, we've got Ivar Eriksson, Norska's less dressed answer to Griff Overwald. So Norse Griff is what I'm going to refer to this guy as, and interesting model. It's a good sculpt. His face is incredibly detailed. Um, he's got all the Norse vibes you'd want. Like, it's a cool model. He's got the big bushy boots. Uh, the hot pants are a stretch, but it's fine. It's a good model. It's nothing stellar. I really like this guy. I actually really like him. I think it's got a nice simplicity and proper star player vibes. I think. He, uh, yeah, I, I, I think, I think he just sort of, it gives me like the, yeah, like the Griff kind of posing, you know, pose. posing, yeah, and and just sort of that kind of presence. He looks like someone important, and yeah, I like the, I like the simplicity of it. I mean, and obviously, does, it's. Uh, sorry, I was going to say, he doesn't have a flipping eagle sitting on his shoulder either. Yeah, so. you yeah. could definitely glue an animal on his fist. A boar. Yeah, yeah, just a teeny <laughs> tiny boar. Uh, I'm a bit disappointed he doesn't have the helmet's cool. I, I would have been sweet to have a helmeted head option. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. But, I mean, it's fine. Now, strong, fast, and agile. Ericsson is the complete package. He's a dashing blitzer who can block, tackle, and guard. And he is, he's been confirmed that he starts with block, tackle, and guard. Uh, which is pr a pretty decent skill set. Now, Let's start talking about star player value here. It, it, they said it's his answer to Griff, so I think we're going to see at least one of strength four or edge two plus. What do you reckon? I think strength four. You reckon? Yeah. I would rather he had strength four than edge two plus. With those skills, think, for sure. 
Yeah, I think if he's got strength four with those skills, that's a very good star player. And, and he's a player star as well that just adds to your team and does a role of being a blitzer. Edge 2 plus is what the kind of team set needs, but they've already got Griff, I guess, and because of the way that star players are shared. Um, tackle's going to be useful. Guard is really good, and I think one of the... I think the first guard star player or first guard player in Blood Bowl 2020, someone did point out that I think Slibley had it in 2016 edition, uh, but 2020 first guard star player. So I'm bored with that. But this guy is exciting because of his super CO power. Uh, raiding party, once per drive, again, per drive, not half, not Tuesday, not Wednesday, but drive. Whenever Ivar begins his activation, he may choose one open player on his team within five squares not three five uh, the chosen player may immediately move one square ignoring tackle zones although they must end this move marking an opposition player i find this is a monstrous amount of the pitch this is 11 squares by 11 squares and your half is 13 squares by 15 so this dude play this dude in the shotgun means that one of your dudes who is not marked can move one square into base contact with an opponent. Thus, That's... another blitz. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> essentially. I mean, if you're doing like the elf defense of just moving a square back every time, that is another blitz. It's just this is so flexible. It's, it gives it opens up so much stuff. This will happen very regularly. It's once per drive, but I imagine most drives you'll be able to use this. Um, you can gum up a hole you can correct a mistake well i think a lot of the time you're going to see this for the whole i need this this and this to happen and i need him to be there to support that or to create the hole or to catch the ball yeah oh, i mean yeah loose, you can play loose around ball on the ground you could move a player onto a loose ball uh, to be fair it has to mark an opposition player so it's not going to be a great catch up uh, like a great pickup but yeah I, I think you could play around this though. Like, if, if you brought this guy, you would probably play around being able to do it. Like, you could move your players into like fully encircle them, and it doesn't really matter if you can't do too much damage because you know that if they're if they're not getting out of there, if they're struggling to get out of this sort of like circular marking territory you've done around their cage, then next turn you just be like, right, I'm busting that cage now because I've got two blitzers. And you have a guy, you have a player with Dauntless and Stripball on your team as well. So if you know that you can like blitz, if you, if you can bust the cage with one of these players, then your Dauntless player can blitz easily. That happens through the Dodgers, and I think that's just really cool. And it includes himself, I'm assuming, right? Because it's just one open player within five. Uh that's gonna have to be FAQ'd. Um, yeah, because I don't, I don't know. I would, I would, I would be, say I would. I would be inclined to say it wouldn't. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. But I probably more out of want than written. Because um, like, when he's got guard, that's really cool to use on himself. Just tuck into the gap. If he's unmarked, he can just move there. Um, but then he would well, get to block. He, yeah, he gets the block as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's a really interesting one. There's going to be some some really interesting situations on the pitch, which I think is brilliant. It is once per drive, which uh is is going to be fine uh most stars have once per game kind of edition so it's it's an interesting 
like they feel like it's a little bit more powerful but being able to move a dude is pretty awesome anywhere on the pitch essentially now this is going to combo nicely with the beer pig um because there are going to be those turns where one or two of your norsemen have just uh zombie stepped up uh and then you can van hell's dan's mccaber this guy in uh an extra square so that norseman that you powed down and pushed back has now stood up in base contact with you and block punching on a drunken raiding party uh like rollo jumping over the shield wall and uh, it's it's just it's clever it's really interesting design space and we i don't think we've really seen this um this this kind of combo cascade uh, and and this is what Norse is bringing in, and I I don't know like I, this is this is properly interesting, but is it mm. too much? Uh, I I I I think it's going to be very factored into his cost. It has to be. This guy must be expensive. Like you can, like it ignores tackle zones as well. So you can just like shunt a person who's already marking a cage into that cage. No, that guy has to be unmarked. Oh, of course they do. Of course they do. Yeah, yes, yeah that bad. was my original yeah. thought. Was like, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, I was gonna say. Do yeah. a quarter of a cage, walk into the cage and smash somebody. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, open. That would yeah. That'd yeah. be three fifty k. Um, but if this guy's gonna be similar to Griff, he's got this wicked ability. If he has got edge two plus or strength four, two forty. If he's got Ash 2 plus and strength four and this ability and those skill sets, he's going to be Griff level 280, I think. If he's 200 and strength four, this guy's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that is he is really awesome, and I think a tournament must pick. I mean, the barrel boy is cool, but this guy is just going to allow you to play better Blood Bowl because you got like mm -hmm. oh. No, I'm actually this guy's here instead. That's really interesting. Like really cool. I, I, I'm a big fan. I think it's really just something very different. We've not seen it, and it is. It's just a different element to think about with Blood Bowl. Definitely. Uh, right. Last one to talk about is the jazziest of all players, uh, whose name I've forgotten. Scrog Snowpelt. Uh, oh, so yeah. This is a Star Yeti. Now, this is the one I was waiting for to get like their new miniature Monday kind of like treatment where they give you the special power like the other two we've just gone through. Looks like we're going to be waiting till next week when we get our hands on the spike to properly find out what he does. We don't know anything about it. If you prefer showmanship to savagery, there's the most stylish yeti ever to grace a bubble pitch and five-time beard of the year winner, Scrog Snowpelt. Not only is he great at ripping the arms of opposing players, but he can also pump up the crowd and when he does so, inspiring your entire team. What the heck is that going to be? I have no idea. This has to be something new as well, right? Leader re-roll? I did think reroll. I thought maybe he'll have a reroll power similar to Lord Borak, but 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 reading it, it says not only is he great at ripping the arms off opposing players, but he can also pump up the crowd when he does so. So I wonder if this is a once per drive. If he casualties a player, you get a reroll. Or I, there's no there's no fame yeah. anymore. Like there's no fan factor. So I don't really understand. maybe it is just literally fan factor. Maybe it's just like you get ten extra gold pieces at the end of the game. Um, which would be interesting. But 
don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. I was really hoping to find out what this guy did. What do you think to the model? Right. I was like, I actually really wasn't that keen when I first saw it. I thought this was just like, oh, uh, that's a bit, bit naff. The, but the more I look at it, I'm actually in love with it. I, I think I've completely won over. I think, I don't know, he's full character. It's it's like a masterclass in designing like a character for model. And yeah, I love him now. He, I, I wasn't too keen first, but. It was, this is the, probably the most cartoony model. This and the, um, yeah. is it this and Scylla probably? Yeah, yeah. The two most cartoony. Uh, do you think this is Windsor Chog? I could see it. I can see it in the hands. See... Yeah, the big old hands. Hmm. What do you think to the model trips? I, I, well, I, I like the fact that the Yeti and the star player Yeti, you can see there's a massive similarity between them, which is a good start and uh, means you can probably uh, choose which one you want to have for your team and then worry about a star Yeti down the line because I doubt you can probably get both into a, <laughs> into a roster. Um I think it's just a bit of fun. I just uh, I think if he if he's got that rule set that it really fits with that character profile, I think that's just a great fun model. And you can't. It's difficult not to smile when you look at it. Yeah, it's it's is really cool. Uh, this does mean you can take a yeti now in probably the old world teams, which is wicked. So mm-hmm. dwarves can have a decent big guy on their roster. So if you wanted to do a Norse dwarf vibe team. Uh, for a tournament, you could do that. Uh, you could use your death roller, but as this guy, and actually use your death roller, which is pretty important, I think, as well. Although I do like the idea of using a death roller just as Zug. I think that's a cracking way to get the roller onto the pitch without it just being shunted off into into nothingness. So, I mean, all of this stuff landing this weekend is is pretty great like this is another huge splash release and this will be the second time now the games workshop have gone and have an entire team access Mm -hmm. how do you feel about the big splash releases or the way they're doing that i like it no i i think it's a good a good option to do i prefer it to sort of like drip feeding stuff um kind of needlessly i think it's nice just to be like here's the stuff get it if you want like it's really exciting to get everything at once um when you want it and um yeah, I, 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 you can still buy over time. It, it only sucks really when it's a limited time, but I don't think any of these are limited. No, apart from the cards and dice, probably. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, the dice are okay. Yeah, yeah, they're fine. They're, they're <laughs> That's not, what we say on every time. Yeah, <laughs> they're not the best. They're not the best. They look okay. They're like a, a nice silver and blue with yellow writing on. I think they look pretty. I don't think they're the I clearest. They look pretty. I they're... think they'll be. Di- bit... You, you'll have to pay it, play on the right pitch to be able to see them. Uh, the, the ice pitch is looking interesting. A lot of it looks great, but the centerpiece looks quite bad for being able to see the squares. Um, yeah. But it's going to be a long time before anything beats the skull pitch as just being the worst pitch ever made, I think. Uh, <laughs> super themey, yeah, but, but just... No, unusable i went to use it at a club when i was running north when i was running corn and uh, i was like oh let's use the corn pitch and we had to kind of like i'm really sorry is it okay if i just go get a different pitch because this is not going to work <laughs> and i was like yeah okay i won that game two nil good game um good old corn doing corn things uh yeah wicked right anything you guys want to add on norse before we take a quick break and wrap up with our july tournament no, no. cool right let's take yeah. a quick break and be right back 
and we're back and the last thing we're going to talk about today is really just to get the word out and announce and remind everybody that we've got another tournament coming up in july so we've got ian how many weeks till dungeon bowl uh, it'll be three weeks on the day the podcast comes out yeah three weeks to go that's completely sold out that's sold out in no time i'm just ah oh, the pictures arrived today it's going to be really cool and this is going to be the next event now this is going back to I nearly said proper Blood Bowl then, but that would obviously mean sevens. So this is going back to elevens, and um, I am on holiday for this one, so which is going to make very little difference because Ben and Ian basically ran Beachhead and did a superb job. And the next one is going to be South Coast Blood Bowl 2022. This is back at the BIC. It is a one-day elevens tournament um basically in tournament hide the bick out again for the weekend to do tournaments uh, we can only do the saturday um and we've extended the window of time a little bit more based on the last event now it's taking place at the south coast enjoyment show which is all tournaments so last time it was tournaments with traders and there were several thousand people there this time it's all about the tournaments we are starting a little bit earlier. We're finishing a little bit later. So there'll be more time for lunch, more time in between rounds and a little bit more breathing time to make sure that actually all flipping 60, 70, 80 players um, have got enough time to do that stuff you need to do, like eat and buy beer, uh, which is definitely an important part of Blood Bowl, especially with Norse Landing. Um, so this event is Saturday, the 9th of July at the BIC and what we're going to do is just quickly talk through some of the format uh, and the registration times and things like that so tournament schedule at 9 30 registration 10 o'clock first match 12 15 the lunch break till one o'clock then 3 30 will be match three and then six o'clock will be the awards so what we've managed to do is just move registration forward to give us at least two and a quarter for each of the rounds which gives an, an a 15 minute buffer between rounds to get that right and a 45 minute lunch break uh, which with a two hour 15 match should give you an, an hour basically as long as you're timely we're going to try and keep the matches to two hours but what it does do is gives that bleed over time um, so if you finish your match on a timely manner you'll have at least an hour after your first round to go and have lunch and grab a couple of beers and if you finish your matches on time you should have about half an hour between game two and three and then um, probably about the same kind of time before before the prizes at the end which should make it a little bit less pressured guys how do you feel about that is that as that an appropriate move after our experiences of beachhead and a big big tournament environment yeah i think that's fair i think um we've learned a few lessons from that um some things that feel quite you know intense and back to back i think it's going to be a little bit smoother now because we've got our heads around score which we yeah. will be using again because yeah. that was actually ended up being really good and without it i don't know you know it could have could have been really chaotic um registration we will be rejigging slightly i think we kind of mishandled that a little bit i yeah. would say yeah i think, um, I think we we learned a lot of lessons and uh, we, we don't did. need to learn them yeah. again <laughs> yeah so it should all be a very smooth experience everything we learned from doing a previous large tournament at the BIC uh has been taken on board yeah i'm i'm gutted i can't make this one because a uh, beach mm. was amazing like an absolutely amazing event and i just i know how much smoother this one's going to be like and that just as a player experience just makes me really really happy uh so prizes and awards overall champion stunty champion for proper tier three standard teams only 
Uh, maybe one day we'll go to like the whole underworld without this thing. But for now, we're sticking with classic Stunty. Best team award, participation trophy for the last place. The Oh, the Explorer Cup. I need to remove that. That's Dungeon Bowl. Most casualties, chocolate armor. We will have most touchdowns as well and as ever the dirty player award um it is naf sanctioned it's already naf sanctioned tickets are 17 pounds 50 because it is at the bic uh and that's all available on the entoyment website and the entoyment website has currently got all the other information i'm just finishing up the um the pdf pack so when the podcast comes out the pdf will probably be up and out i'm planning on doing it saturday or sunday so um, but we're keeping it kind of simple again a little bit i think a little bit more spicy ever so slightly than beachhead but not too much uh we're limited at 80 players we had 60 something turn up and i think 70 something tickets sold for for beachhead so you know could be a another good turnout at uh, teams gonna have to rewrite this to include the the norse release um but as it goes tier packs will be tier one five primary uh tier two four primary and a secondary tier three five primary and two secondary stars can't have skills you've got stars as normal you've got nothing fun like wizards or anything with the exception of a mercenary giant because actually it was fun to see people bring them nobody complained we ran them in the league they're great i think they're certified legitimate play now in my mind uh so i think guys i think that's a little bit more skilly i think there's one more skill per tier yeah uh yep. for beachhead sticking around at 1100 tv because I, I do think it's a pretty sweet point where you can't flesh everything out always and i think it keeps it kind of a nice a bit more of a competitive environment um but yeah the norse stuff will be legal by july i can't imagine anything else would have dropped by july um so <laughs> In. yeah well yeah it'd be pretty sweet yeah but um if you're looking at taking a 1100 tv team with five six or seven skills what would you be your team of choice would you be would you want to run norse i mean you guys no chance of running a team at this event but uh i i definitely i think i a norse team if i would imagine they'll be tier one but five primaries on a 1.1 norse team yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Block Ulf, block Ulf. Would you go Brawler or Juggernaut on the Yeti? Maybe Guard? Uh, probably Guard. Um, and I think I think you try want to do something with the Valkyries to to try and get some three touchdown games. Maybe OTB actually on the Valk. I do quite like that. Um Shorthands is probably a better option for tournament play. But you could even put leader on them because they've got passing agility, passing ability. So you can kind of fudge the cost of uh, two linemen would be about 100k. A beer bore plus a Valkyrie with leader would be 115k. So you kind of save 45k doing it that way around. This is the fun bit. Oh, Ian, we didn't touch on the rosters. Oh, we didn't touch on the rosters. Um, well, look, we've got that tournament coming up. It's three months time tickets are available now we started to sell them through uh we're going to be sort of up in it as we come along and i'm super excited i'm sorry i'm not going to be there but i know that you two are going to have a great day yeah i hope so should be good i i absolutely love these tournaments and it's awesome seeing people so please do come along and uh going to be a smooth ride yeah absolutely and and it's only only 12 weeks 
from podcast release to this so it is uh plenty of time, days. time to uh crack on if you're a uh, friday night tournament painter that means you've got 12 friday nights so you'll be fine oh that's yep. that's 11 more than you need <laughs> now back on that that norse bit trips did mm. you did you have anything for starting or, or tournament rosters you wanted to just yeah so well for for a 1.1 norse team you could pretty much get um every, all the positionals except for the beer balls let's I- I- ignore oh, them um you you could get the two berserker two valkyrie two wolves um yeti three re-rolls and uh, uh i think five linemen as well wow that's really yeah. good that is a lot and a lot of block that's, yeah, well, now, now Norse are going to be great, but they do not have that. They don't have the fast edge two plus element. No, but they've got two very good catchers and throwers. Yeah, they do, they do, they do. But you I, don't I, need it. Well, no, but I, I think the point is that they are, in that circumstance, medium fast and mm. very bashy and consistent. If they were very bashy consistent and had a cheeky griff or a gutter runner, it would be horrific but because they could take griff right they can take griff if they can fit it in mm-hmm. um but they'd have to drop yeah. quite a bit trips yeah i think you there's a lot to play with there though so you you a 1.1 norse build will give you 14 players with three re-rolls oh that's outrageous so that's that's a lot of players you can drop to squeeze in a star be interesting to see how much the star Yeti is mm. and actually what's the difference there because that might be worth dropping a reroll, picking up a leader caddy um, mm-hmm. to squeeze that in and some extra skills. And of course, Barrel Boy. Barrel Boy, uh, yeah, definitely. I, I think I think if he's in the, the Griff, if he's cheaper than Griff, you're going to want to squeeze him in and. He'll probably yeah, be the cheapest of the new star players, I imagine, right? Yeah, right. and you could probably drop down to a an eleven team without having to bring in the beer balls and get him into a one point one build. Wow, that's a great point, though. You can use the beer ball to get your eleventh player to get you access to that star. That's yeah. genius. It's a it's a tax of twenty k to take your star as a as a start in eleven. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if you wanted to do that for two players, yeah. You, it's probably once we know the, the 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 prices for the the star players. There's probably an outrageous Norse build, which is uh, yeah. sort of effectively nine players and two stars and, and two beer balls. beer balls. Oh, that's genius! And and maybe one reroll, and it'll be it'll be the kind of thing that is going to smash for one game and collapse in turn two for the other two yeah yeah i I think you're i think you're bang on there like but i think having griffin say donkey kong on your team with seven other norse players and a couple of strength one little beer balls is still i think there's still a challenge to it could you get a frost giant in there maybe oh now you're talking (laughs) now you are absolutely talking uh guys is there anything you wanted to add on on the next tournament on the south coast series um, uh, no, I think that's it. Just if you are coming, rosters in whenever you can will be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be, and, yeah. And, and there will be a lot of other people gaming there and some big tournaments. It will be a great atmosphere. Beachhead is is a fabulous atmosphere. 
it's a great place to play and yeah the, the more the merrier let's have a cracking day I, I, is the other thing announced yet do you know yeah, later in the year don't don't know if it is okay that's fine there's there's more cool what, stuff a big massive party that we're doing like this <laughs> kind of yeah yeah <laughs> Kind of in a different place that is not the big, which is exciting for me and very exciting for you, Ben. Okay. Now well, I don't know what it is. We won't, <laughs> talk, we won't talk about We won't talk about that one just yet, but there's, there's, some, there's something else. There's something else coming towards the later part of the year, which is going to be uh, excellent fun. Um, oh, that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, massively yeah. like, oh my God, this is a changed world, but actually mm. I'm, I'm, I'm jazzed really jazzed and i'll tell you for why after the call guys because that one definitely hasn't been agreed or announced um but i tell you what we've talked norse rosters we've talked the next tournament after oh, dungeon ball is going to be so good uh, we've got the rpg room so we can set up the filming gear so we can do a feature match in there i don't know if we, i don't think we'll be able to do commentary uh, i i i'd like to but i don't know how we can get like i don't want to be sat there watching two people play blood bowling and be like I wonder if he's going to block him. That just seems that's just <laughs> horrid. Um, but if we can have, uh, if we can have, for example, the booth of the RPG room, run the cables up over the ceiling, and have a table the other side of the window, like set up to be the feature match. Players can just play the game. We can call the game from inside the room where they can't hear us. That I feel like seems a bit more civilized. But I don't know. We've got some playing to do. May not work out. We, the internet may not be good enough. But we've got forty coaches ready to play dungeon ball and it's just gonna be absolutely epic dorset dungeon ball i'm so excited i, I can't even i can't even can't wait no right so uh we should probably wrap up because it's it's nearly tomorrow and um oh so we've got norse next week or this tomorrow no not tomorrow rick uh, the day after tomorrow uh uh norse releases we might have Norse pre-orders tomorrow on Forge World because they like to be different and edgy. Uh, so next next couple of weeks is going to be all about getting Norse gear and talking Norse and painting Norse and seeing if we can trick Ben into doing a lot of painting again. Um, we'll have to we'll have to see. I've got some some super quick free twenty four hours. It's a shame it's not this Easter weekend. That I know, impressive. I know they missed an opportunity there. <laughs> uh, I yeah. think. Um, it kind of landed in the worst possible weekend. Could have landed Easter weekend. Could have landed a couple of weeks later at uh, a Dungeon Bowl weekend. But it's kind of in the middle, which is all right, because eh, mm. more Blood Bowl is more better. But as ever, guys, thank you very much for hanging out and talking Blood Bowl. Uh, appreciate it. It's always good to catch up with you guys. And um, yeah, Ian, thank you very much for jumping on. Uh, hopefully we can drag you on again no soon. Problem. And uh, BT, take care of yourself. And uh, we will wrap up the show. Thank you to everybody hanging out, chatting, letting us know what you think. It's awesome. And uh, yeah, we're going to go. We'll be back with more Blood Bowl content very, very soon. Thanks very much for watching. Happy blocking. Thanks very much for watching. We really appreciate your support. If you want to help support the channel even further, please like and subscribe or come join us on our Patreon. We have early access to content. We get loads of feedback from you guys and we try and do competitions as much as we can. Or you can get yourself some Bonehead Podcast merch on our Spreadshirt site. So if you want to support a team, especially for the Bonehead Championship, you can pick up a shirt, a mug, things like that. It all helps support the channel and we really appreciate it. Anyway, links below. Thank you very much. Happy blocking. <laughs>